When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, the the run came to an end. It was pretty disappointing. Uh, Colorado lost to Stanford. I actually don't have the final score in front of me. It was like a 20-point loss. It was like, I'll say 64 to 44 while I pull up these stats and we actually dig in here. Um, there's There's a lot... That you could say about this 71 to 45. So actually even worse than that. 26 point loss. Um, we're we're gonna talk about that loss. We're gonna talk about where the buffs go from here. And uh we also have plenty to talk about tomorrow because I mean, if Colorado can beat Utah tomorrow night, they get the four seed in the Pac-12 tournament. If Oregon loses to Washington State, the Buffs don't even need to win tomorrow night. So we're going to talk about everything that's on the line tomorrow. Uh, first, though, I just want to dig into this final game of the Pac-12 tournament for the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, I mean, where to even start? I guess where you start is uh, Russell Wilson liked my tweet, which was, it's fun. You know, when it happens... You're just like, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson liked my tweet. And it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then you think, like, who else has ever liked my tweet? Like, Jason Sudeikis liked my tweet like, and I was, or once, and I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Um, so I guess maybe that was the highlight of my night, which, I don't know, speaks to how my Friday nights go as a 25-year-old, which is probably too bad. But, uh, yeah, there's the positive note. The uh, darker note is that the Buffs... The Buffs really didn't belong on the same court as Stanford tonight and you know that stings that stings but they they got their asses kicked is what happened um I honestly have a lot of thoughts and it makes it kind of tough to figure out which one to run with first I guess let's start here beating Stanford is really 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 hard it's really hard that's one of the two best basketball teams in the country and on top of that they have a history behind them. You know, sometimes you get these teams who, you know, you think about football this year. It's like, oh, Cincinnati, a top four team. It's like, yeah, top four team. Good job. College football playoff, all that's exciting. 
Alabama, on the other hand, you look at and just say, like, that's a powerhouse. Every single year they're here. Like, with Cincinnati, you can have your doubts. Uh, you, you let a Notre Dame in, you can have your doubts. You let a, you know, Wisconsin squeaks in maybe one of these years. You can have your doubts about whether they really belong. When Bama's there, you know that they belong. And that's what Stanford is. This is a team that, I mean, they, they haven't quite had the national titles to back up the success, but Tara Vanderveer, she's the most winningest coach in the history of college women's basketball. This is a team that's consistently going to Final Fours, to Elite Eights, consistently ranked in the top 10. They're coming off a, a year in which they won the national championship. They haven't lost, I think, I think this is 33 it's either 33 or 35 consecutive games that Stanford has won against a Pac-12 team. And I believe the last time they lost to a Pac-12 team was that upset in Boulder when Colorado took them down when they were ranked number one in the country. They still went on to win the national championship. So I do think that while, yeah, it really does suck, and yeah, the Stanford, Stanford beat them by 26. It wasn't even close. There was a, there was a brief moment in the second half where you said, and eh, maybe they have a chance, but it was only that one brief moment. Colorado got, like I said, their asses kicked. And that's that's the that's the story. That's the story here. At the same time, though, it is worth remembering Stanford is an incredible program. And the fact that Colorado has played them as close as they have in the last few years, the fact that Colorado even beat them in one of those games, that's something that kind of set this game up to... Be be a game where potentially you say, "Oh wow, look, there the buffs are buffs can beat Stanford." You know, I still firmly believe that if you're Stanford going into the Pac-12 tournament and you don't know who your next game is against, the team that they probably want to see the least is the Colorado Buffaloes, and that's a feather in the Buffs' cap because they really have been a thorn in Stanford's side at the very least for the last few years. And once you get to this point. And once this is a, a Stanford team that, that, I mean, you're a week away from starting the NCAA tournament. They're looking to repeat. They're playing their best basketball of the season. Obviously, I mean, they've, they've won 17, now 18 games in a row, I believe, this season. That's, that's a straight-up powerhouse. And in college women's basketball, you don't see as many upsets as you do in men's basketball. You know, it's just a different sport. Honestly, with women's basketball, it feels a lot more like like boxing or something where I, it's not totally predictable, but but the, the what you really get excited for is the the like championship fights. The the fights for the belt where you say, "Okay, here it is. We're finally down to Stanford and Yukon. Who's going to win this game?" Because you really don't see teams upset this upset the Stanford or upset the UConn all that often, at least compared to most other sports. And because of that, it's it, it changes the vibe, right? And it oh I don't know I I I do want to say like you can bash on how women's basketball goes chalk all you want, but if you didn't enjoy this run that the Buffs just had through the Pac-12 tournament, I mean what they've before this game they'd won seven of eight or eight of nine total. The, it's a lot of fun, and you can really, really enjoy it. And I think that all of us who followed along with this tournament really did enjoy it, as ugly as this last game went. But when you run into Stanford in a conference semifinal game, a tournament game, that's tough to get past. 
And the Buffs, I do think, have the pieces to, to compete in those circumstances. It's a tall order to actually go beat that team. And on top of that, the Buffs are coming in. This is their third game in three days. And I think that that is also very notable. Um, it, it's it's not easy to play tournament basketball. And, you know, we talk about this with the Benz team a little bit. But the idea that, you know, if, if you can get that four seed, you can get that by, yeah, that's great for a bunch of reasons. But when it comes to the Pac-12 tournament and your chances of winning the Pac-12 tournament, does having to go through Oregon State really change your odds all that much? And the answer is, like, just on paper, no, not really. Like, if you can't beat that 3-25 and or Oregon State team, eh, eh. That, that should not be a threat. That should not be a threat in any way. I think you can also look at that and say like, okay, well, is that a game you could use to get in rhythm? Could you could you kind of get things figured out so you don't feel like you're being thrown in the fire when you play Oregon the next night? Like maybe there's something there. But if you're trying to make a run in the tournament, which which the, the men's team has to do to make March Madness. Luckily for the women's team, they've done plenty. They're going to be an eight seed probably. Maybe a seven seed, maybe a nine seed, probably an eight seed in the women's tournament, which is a really, really solid result, especially for a team that hasn't been to the tournament in a while. On the men's side, you have to win. And if you think that you're going to, first of all, beat Oregon State and play your 40 minutes there, play 40 minutes against Oregon, play 40 minutes against Arizona, play 40 minutes against UCLA in the championship, that's four straight nights of really grueling basketball. And sure, maybe that first night you get to rest your starters a bit, but that buy is big. That buy is big. And I don't want to put everything that, that didn't work well for the women's team tonight on the fact that it's their third game in three nights. Meanwhile, Stanford, it's their second game in two nights, but they win by 20 last night, which means the starters don't have to play all that much. They're able to get some rest, all those sorts of things, just like they will as they head into the final. And I'm actually, I think that that second semifinal game is going on right now. I'm not watching it. I do think that Oregon should win that game. I also think that Stanford is probably a double-digit favorite over that Oregon team even. Um, you know, it's, again, when you're talking about beating Stanford in a tournament situation, it's a lot like one of these boxing matches where you just say, like, okay, go go take out Muhammad Ali. Like, he's got to fight somebody. You're up next. Nobody's going to bet on you, but... Go do your do your best, and if you do pull this off, nobody's gonna forget about it. Like this is this is a legendary performance, and that's that's what was on the line tonight, and that's the situation that this women's team put themselves in. You know, they 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 won those two games, they pulled the upset off over Arizona, and that gave them this opportunity. And while they couldn't capitalize on the opportunity, I still think that you have to look at this tournament and say, success. You took down Arizona. Sure, you. it'd be a lot easier to call it a success if you, you pushed Stanford a little bit, you made it a game in the second half, but but here you are, and if you could take this run before the tournament, you know nobody in that locker room would say, yeah, let's do it. But as an outsider, you say, hey, that's, that's a pretty solid result. You still have some pretty positive momentum going into this March Madness, and it doesn't hurt that you got to see what these top-tier teams look like because who knows, you might get a chance to play one again soon, especially if you wind up as an eight-seed. I mean, there's, there's a chance that they play Stanford in the second round of this tournament for the fourth time this season. And we'll see how all that goes and how Selection Sunday goes, all that sort of stuff. Um, overall, a successful season for CU. 
Um, still this, this final part, it's really, I mean, that's how college basketball works. There's really four parts. There's the non-conference schedule. There's the conference schedule. There's the conference tournament and there's the NCAA tournament. And through three parts, you say, yep, good season buffs. Good season. Was there more out there? Yeah, but that's almost always going to be the case. But I mean, big picture, that's, that's what I see in terms of, Again, just like this this whole big picture stuff for CU. In terms of this game in particular, um, I'm not going to... I, I was surprised by some of the things that happened. Um, I think that, first of all, if you were to tell me that the Buffs would win the rebounding battle against Stanford, I'd be, I'd be pretty fired up by that. I'd be thinking, okay, they're in this game. They might not win, but at the very least, they're... they're pressing this Stanford team and they're going to give themselves a chance. It, it, obviously, when you lose 71 to 45, that's not the case. But the fact that they were so effective on the boards and on, uh, here's another interesting thing. Maya Hollingshed, nine rebounds in the first half, one rebound in the second half. In the last game against Arizona, 10 rebounds in the first half, two rebounds in the second half. And there's probably nothing there unless you're really stretching um, but just kind of notable that, that the rebounding numbers did drop off for her in the second half of both of these games. Um, I think that if you're going to shoot four of 21 against Stanford and with, I think two of those came pretty late. That's from three, by the way. I mean, that's just not, that's not going to get it done. Like to, to beat Stanford, you need to win on the glass. You, you need to be shooting close to 50% from three because you just need that sort of upside. Uh, you cannot turn the ball over 20 times. They had 22. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the defense was good from the start, right? I mean, they, they were down 10-9 after the first quarter, and that's kind of the formula for success for this Colorado team is to, to try to keep the opponent to 50 points, to 55 points, and edge them out at the end because the Buffs are not a high-scoring team. Their strength is on the defensive end, and you really saw that early on. Eventually, though, Stanford cracked them, and I think that there were some points in transition. I think the the Buffs really struggled to defend Stanford in the paint, which, again, it's it's a big ask to defend Stanford in the paint. You, you saw what Cameron Brink did. I mean, these final stats, 6 of 10, 14 points. I think she was 6 of 7 at one point. And as a six foot four forward and all Pac-12 player, that's really tough to handle when you don't have somebody who can be physical with her. When when you're when she's as skilled as she is, and she has a size advantage on you, that's tough to stop. And there just aren't a lot of basketball players alive, let alone playing college basketball, who can can handle somebody like that. And that's one of the reasons why the Stanford team is a real contender to just be the best team in the country, to win the national championship. And the Buffs just couldn't figure out an answer there. Um, and on top of that, I mean, they're 7 of 13 from 3. And they got some good looks. But you expect them to miss a couple, right? Ashton Prechtel going 2 of 3 from 3. Let's see if I can get her season stats here. Yeah, 28.8% uh, on the season. She's a, a, a in, in, in men's basketball, we call it a big man, a, a big person, big woman. I don't know. But you don't expect her to, to make some of those shots that she made. Um, 
you know, we talked about Cameron Brink. She knocked in her only three-point attempt. And there were times they were leaving her alone at the three-point line because that's not her game at all. It's not her game at all. That was her 21st three-point attempt all season. And she knocked hers in. Anna Wilson with the dagger at the end of the third quarter that basically settled things. Um, the, the tweet that got uh, Russell Wilson to like my tweet, which is always a little silver lining on the drive home from Blake Street Tavern. Great place to watch a Buffs game. <sighs> I mean... Things didn't go CU's way. And on top of that, I think what really happened with that defense is they just early. Here's how the scoring went. 11 points for Stanford in the first quarter, 22 in the second, 20 in the third, 18 in the fourth. I think that they fouled too much. I think it, it, they were just getting good looks down in the paint and, and Colorado had no option to, to foul. Um, I think that Cameron Brink, like I said, in particular, really tore them apart in the paint. I think the guards got into the paint too easily. And in a lot of ways, you look at that and just say like, yeah, that was a tired Buffs team. That was a tired Buffs team. I mean, we've, we've seen them close quarters really, really well throughout this tournament, you know, not allowing any field goals in the last six minutes of three of the four quarters that they played in the last game. That's notable. And we saw some of that in the first quarter, but it just wasn't quite there. You know, the, the magic kind of ran out. And... Again, they, they'll have plenty of opportunities to keep playing the rest of the season. You know, they're going to go to the NCAA tournament, which is a it's a great way to close things out. And a semifinals appearance in this tournament, that's a solid performance from the Buffs. You know, it's it's the same thing with the men, right? Where if, if they go in next week, whether they're the four seed or the five seed, they beat Oregon, go to the semifinal, they lose to Arizona in the second round, you're saying, ah, wish they could have done more. But, in terms of what you expect from them going in, hey, it, it may not be an A+, but it's a solid B at the very least. Probably probably in the women's case, a B-plus here, beating Arizona. Um, I uh, I mean, offensively, it's the same things we've talked about. They're, they're struggling in the half-court offense. Um, they're, they're turning the ball over in these last couple games way too much. Uh, the the three point shooting wasn't there. You know, if you if this is a pretty average three point night, they make three more of those, and that's that's worth twelve points of the twenty six. And you're still missing quite a few, but those are mostly coming in the paint. Um, Frida Foreman, she struggled to shoot in this tournament. Uh, Jalen Sherrod getting to the line, she got downhill and and was able to manufacture some points, which they really needed. And I think that for a lot of this game, I think for a lot of this tournament, what they really needed was for their guards to just get downhill and 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 make the refs blow the whistle. Make the refs blow the whistle. And you got that at points, you needed more. You know, 15 free throw attempts, you probably need more than that. In part because you need to manufacture some points, but also because you need to get more of their players in foul trouble. They had to, Both of their bigs really did get... I mean, four fouls there on the borderline there. You kind of need a foul out when you're playing the number two team in the country. I and mean, it's just a it's a tall order. And the buffs didn't come through. It sucks. Time to regroup. And you're not playing a team this good again in, in the first round of the next tournament, at least. And that's something you can be excited about. Even, I mean, you almost want to dodge that 8-9 seed, even if you go in as a 10, which I... Th- 
I'd, I'd be really surprised if they fall that far to be a 10 seed. And I don't think they climb to a seven probably, but if you get that 10, seven game, you get to play a two seed in the second round instead of a one, a three seed in the third round. It'd honestly be worth it just because in women's basketball, you know, there's, there's a few teams at the very top that really are a step ahead of everybody else. And the fact that Colorado beat Stanford last year, I mean, we should still be celebrating that. That's that's one of the CU Athletics Department moments of this century. I don't know that you could put it on the Mount Rushmore of this century, but honestly, that's mostly because I just don't know all the details of all the things that happened here a decade ago, you know, a decade and a half ago. Uh, but, I mean, beating the number one team in the country, that's that's got to be right up there. And I'd say more likely than not, it is on that Mount Rushmore. So, I don't know. It stings. It stings. Especially when you see how much fight they had early in this game. And even even when Stanford starts to go on that run in the second quarter, I think, uh, like I said, they were, they were down 10-9 to 9 after the first quarter. Even when they get up to like 21-13 to 13 in the second quarter, you're like, okay, so they're, they're really, this is their move here. Can the Buffs answer? Because that's what we saw against Arizona. Arizona made that first move in the second quarter. I think that was like 11-10 to 10 or 10-9 to 9 after the first, something like that. The Buffs just didn't quite have it in them. And this, I'm not saying that's totally meaningless. You know, that is something you look at and say, hey, if when push comes to shove in this next tournament, they're going to have to find a gear they didn't have in this one. Yeah, that's a, that's the truth. But even if, even if they blow the first game of the NCAA tournament, I think you look at this season for this team and say, you know what? J.R. Payne has these girls moving in the right direction. And would be nice if they could have had a Pac-12 title game appearance. Absolutely. And I think they would have won. I think I'd look at the the two teams who could be there, and those are two very beatable teams. Not saying they're bad teams, but if you get through Stanford, if you get through Stanford, everybody looks like a, a, a winnable game at the very least. I don't know. I think that's most of my thoughts here, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll we'll talk about them after Selection Sunday. We'll we'll talk about them as they go into the NCAA tournament. But I do think that this is a team that really is poised to make a run. You know if the the three point shooting is not there for them. It hasn't been all season. The defense has been consistent, and this is one of the few times we haven't seen it. And again, you saw it at the start, and that just makes me think that they're really tired, which they should be. And they lost a starter, so they're going deeper in the bench. They're asking these these girls to play even more than they typically play. My my hauling shed played thirty eight of forty minutes in this game. That's that's a really impressive feat. And when you're four, this is our third game in three nights. Hey, I mean, I'm not, I can't knock the the defensive effort. You know, it's it's tournament basketball. This is this is what happens when you don't get that by. And hey, hopefully, hopefully in the NCAA tournament they're going to be ready to go. In Stanford outscored them twenty-seven to eight off of turnovers. Outscored them thirty to twelve on layups. Thirty-six sixteen in the paint. 40 to 22 on two pointers, 21 to 12 on three pointers. Stanford dominated this game. Um, Stanford dominated this game, but it's Stanford. And you, you can't excuse it, but you say it's it was a good run. It was a good run. Um, 
real quick before we get into tomorrow's basketball games, uh, the 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 two men's games that are on the docket for Colorado because they both are honestly equally impactful. Um, especially when you look at it and say like this is a team that will not make the NCAA tournament unless they win the Pac-12 tournament. Maybe that's a conversation we're digging into next week. I mean, I've seen some of these bracketologies saying the Big Ten deserves nine teams. The Pac-12 deserves three. And that's what it's looking like. Eight or nine for the Big Ten, three for the Pac-12. Again, the metrics probably back that up in some ways. You look at last year's tournament and say, hey, for the for the second straight year, the Big Ten is playing a lot of cupcake schedules. And I think I ran through some of these numbers yesterday. I didn't plan on getting into this all at this point, but here we are. There we go. Um, this season, the Big Ten in non-conference games was 109 and 31. Pac-12 was 90 and 45. Obviously, the Big Ten does better. When you look at the uh, these are the Ken Palm rankings, the average rank for a Big Ten non-conference schedule. So you add them all up. You know, some some have tough non-conference schedules. Some have the very easiest non-conference schedules. Averages 215th easiest, or sorry, hardest. 215th hardest schedule in the country. And that's out of like 370 teams or something like that. So pretty close to the middle. I mean, below average. The Pac-12 this year, 173rd toughest schedule on average. And... You know, sure, these records are what they are. Sure, and you'll probably give the edge to the Big Ten for sure. But nine teams to three, especially after what we saw in the NCAA tournament last year, where the Big Ten just totally folded and the Pac-12 went on the runs that they went on. And on top of that, the Big Ten had the same thing last year, where I don't think the margin was as wide. But they didn't have basically any good wins. I'm pretty sure the Big Ten as a conference, their best win last season was, I can't remember if it was North Carolina or Duke. But obviously those are teams that had significant down years last season. There just wasn't much there. I don't know. We are where we are. The, The numbers say what the numbers say. If the Buffs would have won some of those early season games more convincingly instead of letting them get down to the buzzer, they'd be in a different place right now. And they'd also be in a different place if they pulled out the win against USC or UCLA or or those road wins against Washington State or Washington or uh, the home game against Arizona State. Um, All those things are true. But it it is frustrating to know that if they had just won by more in some of those non-conference games they'd be in a better place, especially with such a young team, right? Because you can't ask for much more than a win from them in their first few collegiate games. And the fact that they're pulling out those wins against real D1 competition, hey, that's a that's a feather in their cap to make a reference to Wheel of Fortune. Um, but it's, uh, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. And I'm not saying the Pac-12 is everything these other conferences are, but, I mean, it's an Oregon team that has beaten USC and UCLA. It's a, it's a Colorado team that's beaten Arizona. You really don't want to give those teams a chance, but you're giving Rutgers a chance. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, I'm not, like, the college basketball expert. You know, I can't say, like, well, they have this guy here and this strength there and whatever. But what I can say is I ran through all these numbers, and it's like, really, the gap is that wide. 
It's that wide. It's nine to three wide. It's not six to four wide, seven to four wide. It is nine to three wide in these conferences. Nine of the 14 Big Ten teams deserve to be in. Three of the 12 Pac-12 teams deserve to be in. I just, I just can't get there. I, I can't get there. And I, again, the net rankings wouldn't say Colorado should be in. None of the rankings would say Colorado should be in. I don't know. It's, it is what it is. And the ACC, I guess, is supposed to have three teams in the in the NCAA tournament as well, and they're supposed to be another Power Six conference. If you guys have any cool numbers that you think I'd be interested in, feel free to feel feel free to throw those at me, and I'd be I'd be curious what those have to say. Let's uh let's talk about some of our friends first of all. Sexy Pizza. Um, let's see. What do I have to say about Sexy Pizza? First of all, I guess I can just say I miss it. It's been a while since those Broncos tailgates, and I haven't had it since, which is my own fault. It's really good pizza though. It's like uh it's like the New York style pizza, big flat. A lot of cheese. They have good sauce. I'll definitely say the sto- the sauce stands out. Um, so the garlic knots. I think that's worth noting. They also have like these cinnamon knot things that, I mean, you could imagine what those are. Like garlic knots, but without garlic. They have uh, cinnamon instead. They have like the frosting. Those are, uh, those are really, really good. Um, actually, I ate at Blake Street Tavern. And now talking about this, I'm hungry again. Maybe that's the two beers. I'm not sure if we talked about this part at all. Uh, this will be a nice little segue into... Uh, oh, actually, DraftKings, so not a great segue. Uh, two beers for me? Plenty. Uh, we don't talk about that stuff much, but I think, like, oh, yeah, over the course of a basketball game, two beers, and still it's like, uh, nope, I'm not that guy. Sexy pizza, though. Really, really, really good. Can't go wrong. And I suggest you all try it. It's been in the community for 13 years. They've got a bunch of different locations. Go to www.sexy.pizza. Check it all out. You will not be disappointed. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. You could not bet on this uh, CU women's basketball game tonight because they don't have many lines for women's basketball. That was a really good thing for me because I think the spread that I saw in the offshore books was like 11 and a half. Would have taken it, would have lost money. Uh, if you want to make money, though, it's really easy. The Let's see, this is UFC 262, I believe. No, 272, that's my bad. And if you want to bet on the main event with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports bank partner of the UFC, you can bet just $1 on any bet for the main event and you get $100 in free bets no matter what. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. Uh, you can bet on the first-round knockout. You can bet on a draw. You can bet on whatever. Regardless of whether you win or lose, you get that $100 in free bets if you're a new user. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Throw down just $1 on the UFC 272 main event. That's the key part. has to be the main event. Covington and Masvidal. You'll get $100 in free bets no matter what happens in the fight. That's code DMVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So men's basketball. I mean, to be honest, I mean, we kind of laid it out, right? The Buffs just need to win. And, I don't know, this, I'm I'm trying to decide. Like, Tad Boyle likes to say that when you're playing 
teams that are better than you, you need to focus on what they have. You need to focus on how do you stop this guy? How do you beat this defense? How do you do those sorts of things? When you're the better team, though, those other teams have to adjust to you. And again, I'm not sure if that's like just a Tad Boyle thing. Maybe that's a thing across all of college basketball. Who knows? But I do know that that's how Tad typically approaches these situations. And I think you have to look at this situation as one where Colorado is better than Utah. And if they just play their game, they're going to win. It's a lot easier said than done, especially on the road. Playing road games in college basketball is hard. Home team wins two-thirds of the time. We say that often. And because of that, I mean, this is probably a game where at a neutral site, Colorado wins two-thirds of the time. Maybe more than that. I think you probably give them more than that, especially at this point in the season. Um, But that moves the line to what? Buffs have a 60% chance of winning, 55% chance of winning, probably right around there. It's not as good as you'd think just looking at the records, looking at what the teams are. Because I do think it's worth noting, Colorado's better than its record. Um, If you look at what they've done over the last month or so, the, what is this, six of seven they've won, something like that. They're really hot right now. And it's what we expected. We expect them to be there, be playing their best basketball at this point in the season. You know, we expected to be saying at this point of the year, yeah, this is a tournament team. If you just look at what all of these teams are across the country, is this a team that should be in the tournament? Yep, Colorado's one of them. But that's not how it works. It's all about your resume. It's what you do over the course of the season, not necessarily just what you are at the end of the year. And Because of that, they're on the outside looking in at the tournament. But when you look at the Pac-12 tournament, I think they're a lot more dangerous than you'd expect from a five seed, four seed, whatever you want to call them. When they play USC, when they play UCLA, they've got a really good chance. Honestly, we saw them beat Arizona, so you have to be excited about that too. Um, Like the women's team, the defense is the calling card. That's been, I don't know if you could call it a consistent piece throughout the season, but you you look at what they've done and they have the best scoring defense in the Pac-12. It's it's weird. You know, they have the second best scoring margin in the Pac-12, only behind USC. Free throw percentage, best in the Pac-12. There's a three-point percentage. They're second in the Pac-12 after two, I guess Arizona wasn't a poor shooting night. Arizona State absolutely was, and if not for that, they would be at, at number one still. They have the most defensive rebounds in the conference per game. There's a lot of these numbers that you look at and you're like, wait, we're here? And that's just the effect of how this season has taken shape, right? where you do get really hot at the end, but right before that, you'd lost five of six, and then you go win five of six. And so I don't know that our our thoughts about this team, our expectations for this team have really caught up to what we've seen from them recently. Um, I don't know. You look at Utah. I mean, you should be able to score on them. The, the defense is one of the worst in the conference. The offense, nothing special, pretty average. Actually, right there next to Colorado, 72 points per game versus Colorado's 73 points per game. Looking through the numbers, there isn't all that much that stands out. Solid field goal percentage. Decent, but not great defensive field goal percentage. 
uh three point percentage pretty average rebounding pretty pretty rough honestly the buff should win this game and that's a again a lot easier said than done on the road i mean utah is technically a rival i think they've picked it up a little bit recently as well this is a just go player game game you know Keyshawn, just don't go o of seven from three jabari Get your double-double, do it efficiently. Evan, find your 8-6. and six. You know, just give them your 8-6. and six. KJ, no stupid turnovers. No stupid turnovers. Do what you need to do outside of that, no stupid turnovers. Um, Tristan, probably you start with the no stupid turnovers. What, there's been one game this season where he hasn't turned the ball over? See if you can make it a second. This is a game where, honestly, the Buffs could probably play just a little bit tight and be just fine. You know, be a little bit conservative and be just fine. Probably not the strategy going into it, but it's one that I think would probably work. Uh, I mean, that's kind of it. Don't turn the ball over. Show effort on defense. We saw what that can do against Arizona. If they provide that defensive effort that we saw against Arizona, this could be a blowout. And I... I you hope, you hope that they realize that's still in the bag. I mean, this isn't a game where you necessarily need that, but once you get to the Pac-12 tournament, you're going to need that, and building some of that defensive momentum could be really nice right now, especially if you're not going to get that game in against Oregon State to figure those things out. You know, you don't want to have to play that game against Oregon State. You don't want to be tired, but it does come with that perk of, at least you've, you've, you're coming off of a, a good experience probably. You're in a rhythm defensively. You're hopefully in a rhythm offensively too, although that's not as much of a guarantee. Again, this is a game. You just go play your game. You do the things that you do well, and you're going to be just fine. At the very least, you're going to be in it late, and you're going to give yourself a chance to go win it. If if things go well and you're playing inside of yourself, you're you're going to to handle this team pretty easily. Um, and and again, like this is this is really a two game day for bus fans. You need one of these two results to go your way. And you look at this Oregon team against Washington State. First of all, Washington State, solid. Really solid. Um, I'm not sure if they're sitting in sixth or seventh right now, but they're right around there, um, right next to Washington. Oregon in that last game, this fell apart. It was crazy. Even in the second half, you're thinking like, okay, could they go make a run? And you'd see them make a great play, a great athletic play or a smart play, something like that. Then immediately Washington just goes down, hits a three, and you're like, well, they're even worse than they were a minute ago. They're in a worse position than they just were. With Washington State, again, Oregon should win that. They have the athleticism. They have the, the talent advantage. They have an experience advantage too, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what to expect from that Oregon team based on what we just saw from them. Um, again, that the offense is what you really look at with these Oregon teams. Uh, three point shooting. Yeah, they're they're actually they're the one team in front of Colorado, which is what you expect. Again, that's that's just what they do. Um, they're they're flashy. They they don't have to worry too much on the defensive end. They should, but sometimes it kind of slips their mind. I, I do think Oregon wins that game. I do think Colorado needs to win, but if you're the Buffs, you, you got to feel good knowing you got two chance at, chances at this. One or the other, and you wind up with a bye for the second time since joining the Pac-12. 
you know, and it comes in back-to-back years as well. You know, it's it's crazy how we were looking at this season just a few weeks ago. And to be fair, they're still not going to make the tournament unless they win the Pac-12 championship. But to finish this well inside the Pac-12, hey, that's an accomplishment. And if you're if, if this is a rebuilding year and you're still finishing fourth in the Pac-12, that's a really good sign of things to come. He now make it happen. This needs to be a, a year where you do finish in the top four because that really does call this season I mean, kind of a positive, right? We knew that they were out on the outside looking in, in terms of the NCAA tournament all year. We knew that 50-50 was probably pretty optimistic when it came to the NCAA tournament. Hey, fulfill expectations easily if you just barely miss the tournament, but you finish in the top four. And hey, you give yourself a run. Maybe you can change things around. Maybe you can actually get into the NCAA tournament. Um, Honestly, I think that's all I've got. We'll talk tomorrow night, and hopefully we'll be having some fun conversations. Hopefully I'll be talking about what I'm going to do all day on Wednesday because the Buffs aren't going to play in Vegas. I'm not sure if I've said this. Uh, we've got we've got a pretty big squad going down there. I'll be there. Allie will be there. Ryan will be there. Marissa's going to be there. Ryan Green is going to be there. Uh, should be some fun stuff coming out of the Pac-12 tournament, the men's tournament. I I don't know. It's I wish I wish that the women's tournament was like the four days leading up to the men's tournament. And I get why they don't. But if the men's tournament started Wednesday, the women's championship game was on Tuesday. I'm not sure I would have found a way to get to the semifinal game, but if they were in the championship, I definitely would have been there. And I don't know. It's been tough to watch this one from home. I'll say that. It's been tough to watch this women's team from home. Uh, we'll be out there for the men's tournament, though. And honestly, t- tomorrow's kind of a tournament game, right? It has It has such a large impact on seeding. I think you could say that. So that's going to do it for today. Disappointing day, obviously, for the women's team, but... When you look at the bigger picture, it's not so bad, and there's more to more to come. Uh, this men's team, plenty to be excited about. They're playing good ball. They get a chance to show that off against Utah. Hopefully, that Arizona game they can they can go out. If you win that game tomorrow by twenty, you're this hot at the end of the season with a win over Arizona in there. That's that's something the committee has to look at. You're you're showing that you're a really good basketball team right now. You still got work to do. I don't know. I don't know. Just win tomorrow. Just win tomorrow. Everything will be just fine. Hopefully next time I talk to you guys, that'll be the case. We'll be talking about Vegas.